I have to tell you, I've been very excited this morning. I woke up before the sun even rose. So excited to speak to you this morning about what God has been doing in my life over the past several weeks. Since Pastor Thomas asked me to speak on July 1st, it's been quite a ride. A lot of waves, a lot of action on the water. As we were singing here, and my hands were up praising our Savior. I saw him at the front of the boat with me rowing and him saying, Go, Brian. Go, Brian. And isn't it terrific to know that he's saying the same thing to you today? I also had a lot of pressure on my, my shoulders. I was really worked up about this, felt that there was a big challenge to face because the last two weeks have really been something with Matt speaking and Pastor Thomas. You know, you talk about a tough act to follow. I had to follow those terrific messages. And then on top of that, Matt brings a swimming pool into church. <laughs> like, who does that? Okay, he brings a swimming pool up here. I'm waiting to see him do backflips off the podium up here and, and pull it into his message. And Pastor Thomas, who's already two feet taller than I am, he, he brings some stilts up in here. Okay, it was a ladder, but you know, I'm seeing this guy's got stilts up here, and he turns himself into a giant. And I'm thinking, I got nothing. You know, I got to bring a prop. We, have a, we definitely have a trend here going. Okay? And I know if I ask Pastor Thomas and Matt and say, hey, do I need to have a prop? They're going to say, no, no, brother, you don't need that prop. But come on, you know what that means. That means you better have a prop. Or you're not going to make the team again. All right? You're barely holding on as it is on this roster. Let me tell you. So after a lot of thought and consideration in my handy bag of tricks here, I came up with a prop. This, my friends, is a gift that my wife Julia gave me. And this gift reminds me of many things which I'll come to share with you. And it may not have anything to do with today's message, but it's a prop. And I've got that box done. We'll see what God has in store when it comes to this guy right here. And just, uh, if you want to write in your notes, this is Sir Brian. Okay. And all of you should be very thankful already this morning. You've already been blessed without even knowing to come here because yesterday... As I was doing rehearsals, I'm a firm believer in rehearsals. You know, you really want to go through these things. And the first run, I, I, I called my coach. All right, I have a speaking, a public speaking coach who likes to remain anonymous, but let's just say her name rhymes with Julia. Okay. <laughs> I said, Houston, we got a problem. I just got through the introduction and it's 20 minutes long. I didn't even get to him. Hey. Come here, hubby. Let the wiser half of this relationship help you out. Let me see what you got. Well, this is what I started off with, folks. Okay, it's just a little something, but this is just how much Brian Hughes had to learn on today's topic. And I said, I don't know how you're going to do it, but uh, please cut about an hour off of this. And with scissors in hand, she just started snipping. Easy enough. And there was some great material in there. I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait or come over to my house and we'll do lunch, pack a lunch, and I'll cover the rest of the material for you. No, seriously. In preparation for this message, as always, uh, I was 
in a lot of deep prayer about exactly what I was supposed to talk about because Pastor Thomas pretty much said, hey, it's open. We're closing on our, our season of the uh, st- great stories of the Old Testament. And when he told me that, I shook his hand and I said, I got this. No problem. I got your back. But in reality, what was playing in my head was me looking through 684 pages of choices to make. What was I going to do? How was I going to narrow it down? So as I came home and I prayed fervently on this, and I mentioned to Julia, hey, I made the team. I got voted. I got a slot. You know, it's close. It's getting close. Uh, might need your help. I'm not exactly sure what I want to speak about, what God's directing me to speak about. And she had said, you know, I really enjoyed this, the great stories of the Old Testament, and it would have been great to maybe hear a story from a female's perspective, a story a female story in there. You know, as a guy here, I tend to lean towards other guys to teach me the way. But make no mistake, throughout my entire life, there's been terrific women that have taught me great things that I still use today. And my wife continues to do so. So I said, okay, and she has a book on great ladies of the Bible. And I started reading this. Okay, which one am I going to go with? What am I going to go with? And there are some really wild stories in there that uh, I was like, I'm not sure I can share this one. You know, it's talking about harlots and this person cheating. This is kind of, you know, pretty challenging. And God, help me out. Help me out. Then it came to me. Brian, I want you to talk from the book of Proverbs. I'm going to lead you in Proverbs to the story that I want you to share that that you need to share with others. So I I said to Julie, I I was excited about it, and I have this, I'm quite a visionary, I'm quite a forward thinker, and it was playing in my head, hey, I'm going to tell Julia what what I narrowed it down, she's going to celebrate and be like, that's awesome, I'm pumped, everything. So, hey, babe, my queen, my queen. I probably didn't say that, but that's like my perception of what I said. Ah, I figured out what I'm going to talk on. I'm going to talk on the book of Proverbs. How's that? And instead of her standing up and saying, yeah, all right, she tells me, "Uh, I'm not sure you're the guy for that. Isn't that a book on wisdom? (laughs) Very funny, huh? Very funny. You didn't know she was a comedian. Well, there were were many things I, I, I had at the top of my head that I wanted to say, but instead I just walked away and I had a little chip on my shoulder. And, you know, who... Who's she to tell me that I can't preach on wisdom? You know, God, God, this is the woman you sent me. Okay, well, what's going on? I can't help it that I'm a genius with a capital J. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Oh, genius is spelled with a G. Well, let me tell you something. The dictionary's wrong, and they're going to find out. Okay, no, just kidding. So the really funny part was not only did he lead me to Proverbs, he led me to the story of a virtuous woman. Proverbs 31. For years and years now, I've been reading one chapter of Proverbs every day. So over the years, you would read the story on a virtuous woman, say, 12 times. And I have to be honest with you, a lot of times I tend to kind of go over that quickly. You know, I would see these virtues, these attributes of this so-called virtuous woman. And I kind of thought, hey, this is for a woman. This This ain't for a guy. You know, so when it was the 30th, oh, I have to read the 30th and that 31st. Oh, here we go. But years and years going over that. And then he said, that's the one you're to do. And I started diving in, and I started to learn some things. 
I learned that chapter 31 is the recounting of a story, a story from King Lemuel, King Lemuel's mother. This is his mama sharing a story. And, and the story starts off, listen, son, listen, son, listen, son. When we see something three times in the Bible repeated quickly like that, you need to really open up your ears. You need to listen. There's something important coming. Who is this King Lemuel? I've never heard of King Lemuel. Well, interesting enough, there's a lot of argument on who King Lemuel is. Some will say, hey, that, that was Solomon, because so many of these things that are addressed from this prophecy of King Lemuel's mother related to the challenges that Solomon faced. Others will say, no, there's no King Lemuel listed in the history of Israel kings. So he was probably an Arab king. But I'm here to tell you, it's not who he was that's really important right now, but let's look at what his name means. Lemuel means dedicated to God, belonging to God. And guess what? As believers, as his children, me, you, all of us belong to God. She's speaking to, to us, those who belong to God. Okay, and with that, I'm going to learn a lesson from this mother. All right, I don't know what I need. I don't know what I need to learn, but that's what led me to the title of today's message. You know, listen to mama, now you a fool. Wow. And I'll tell you the funny part is, if you really notice, it says, you know, listen to mama, now you a fool, Brian Hughes. See how that falls? And I can tell you that I've lived a lifetime of foolish mistakes. Made a lot of mistakes. Didn't listen to the guidance that I was given from earthly people as far as the Bible. So I definitely needed to jump into this study. And I'd like to lead you to what I discovered as my definition of wisdom. You will find many different definitions. But reading through the Bible and what I found, this is what was placed on my heart and how I think I utilize wisdom throughout my daily walk. Wisdom is the God-given skill of utilizing our knowledge and understanding of Him to live the abundant life only He can provide. Okay, remember that. It's a skill. It's a skill that only He can give. So what am I going to learn from this Proverbs 31, this story of a virtuous woman? Please turn your Bibles with me to Proverbs 31. It'll be up on the screen if you don't have your Bible. We're going to start in verse 10. Chapter 31, it does start off that uh, she's essentially telling him, hey, you're a king, you can't act like the other people, you can't behave in such a manner, you can't partake in such things that other people do. Your wisdom is too far needed, you're going to slip up. Don't put your energy into things that aren't important, okay? You start focusing on women and other things, it's going to lead you down a bad path. And then she goes to share this story of virtuous wife. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships she brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household 
and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed in scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. I read those verses, that part of Proverbs 31, countless times over the last several weeks. I did not know what it was that he wanted me to take from that. He made me depend on him to continue to pray for him to tell me what it is that I'm to share. When I got done reading it the first time, I got out of my chair and I was prepared to walk over to Julie and say, "Hun, I think you may need to read this again. <laughs> and he stopped me, no, no, you. You're the one who needs to read this. Julia does not need to read this. And as I kept hitting it and hitting it and studying it and saying it and reading it, it started coming off the pages to me. Things started jumping out. And I said, wow, they saved the best for last. They list all these wonderful attributes, all these characteristics. Where's this woman that I can find that she works out, she, she's an entrepreneur, all these things. No, no, no. Let's put first things first, Brian. How about you look for the woman who fears the Lord, so she shall be praised. See, we can't put the cart before the horse. We can't look for those attributes in our life, in our spouse's life, in those relationships in our life, if we don't fear the Lord. If we don't fear the Lord, guess what? You're not going to have godly wisdom. That is not my belief. That is not Brian Hughes' statement. That is in the Holy Bible, which we believe in. So, he led to me three things that I would like to take away with you today as far as acquiring this knowledge in your life to help you live the abundant life you were created to have. And the first part is fear. Fear the Lord. If you look at Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. When I was reading that, I thought, I think Julia fears the Lord. I, I see things in her that are certainly indicators of that. And he said, Brian, you still don't get it. 
I'm not talking about Julia, man. I'm talking about you, Brian. Don't you remember that whole thing, Brian, when you first got saved and you understood the fact that you will be the leader in the home and you thought, man, yeah, I'm the leader. I'm in charge of this, this bad boy. Wow, I didn't come to learn what a responsibility that carries. I need to be the one in my home, in church, and in the community that is the leader and sets the example. Brian, are you showing that you fear the Lord so that your wife sees that? That she wants to be like you? That those that see you, they want to be like you because they see my son in you. So the thing that's important to remember, this is not a fear, as Matt was talking about, of trembling and I'm scared of what God is going to do to us. No. This fear means the utmost respect the utmost reverence of who he is. For example, if you were in the business community and you were an investor and you had the opportunity to go and be a a protege with Warren Buffett, you would respect his business savvy. You would respect the things that he said. You would want to know what he does, what he says not to do. And if you want to model that behavior, you're going to do as he says and you're going to respect that business savvy. You're not going to sit there and be scared to talk to him and to communicate with him. Okay, and that's what we need to have with our Heavenly Father is that utmost holy respect. And we have that first. Godly wisdom is not the same as experience and it's not the same as intelligence. I know many people that are far older than me and all they have to show for it are more candles on their birthday cake and thinning hair and maybe some more weight. Because, see, it's not something you can earn. It doesn't get earned in time. It's not based on what you do. You have to ask for it. Ask God for it. That leads me to my next verse. So the first one is we're going to fear and respect God. Then we're going to ask Him for His wisdom. So if any, in James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I will tell you that it's important for you to, to know this, that when you ask from God something such as wisdom, something such as patience, He has the ability to immediately give you that. But it has been my experience in my life that that's not the way it worked for me. He put me in positions in life to train me just like anybody that has a skill and has a craft. You have to work at it. You have to be in situations to train it and sharpen it. So when you're praying for patience, as many of us know, that's the same thing as asking for trials. Putting you in a place that you have no choice but to develop those patience. And when it comes to wisdom, be prepared to be put into situations that you have not faced before, that you have no idea on how to solve. You cannot tap into your experience. You cannot tap tap into the worldly knowledge that you have. But instead, you're going to depend on Him to provide the answers as He sharpens your tool of wisdom within you. This leads me to the final part, which is to follow Him. The next verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Hmm. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some, not a lot, all. And in all ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Not just your spiritual life, not just when people are watching you, not just when it's convenient for you. We must acknowledge him in all aspects of our life. There's no compartmentalizing our Heavenly Father and putting him over here in the corner. And this is my financial life. You can stay over there. This is my relation life, relationship life. You stay over there. He is in us. He is part of us. He sees what we do in the dark places and how foolish it is, is it of us to think like our earthly parents who we can get over on sometimes that we're getting over on him. He is the guide of all guides. In the infantry, we have what's called a point man. He's going to lead the element, perhaps to battle, perhaps to find something. And if you're not aware of this, my friends, you're in a battle. You might not see the battle around you, but you were born into a battle of the spiritual realm. And it manifests itself in physical issues. He is saying, follow me. I sent my son, Yeshua, Jesus, to show you that this is the truth. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. He can see in front of you. He has 360 view. Follow him. He's going to keep you away from the traps. He's going to keep you away from the ambushes. He's going to keep you away from the pain in your life. He's going to keep you away from thinking you know better than his father. Because we don't. And it's when we don't, and we listen to our, oh, that doesn't make sense. I know the Bible says that, but it doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden, when things go south, and we're wondering, what happened? He was faithful. We failed to be faithful. We failed to follow his lead. And all he wants us to do is follow me. The yoke is light. Burns light. Just follow me. But instead, as we turn off, as he goes this way and we want to go our own way, we fall into that ambush. We weren't prepared for it. We are all a hurting people. I have pains. I have scars that get flared up. I have wounds I'm trying to heal. And I know that I'm not any different than you that are sitting here. We all need him. We all need healing. And I believe that it's his wisdom in our life that's going to lead that healing to you. So remember, we're going to fear and respect our Father. We're going to ask him, I need your wisdom. And then we're going to have the courage to follow him. You know, anything worth achieving is never easy. But you know what? He has the abundant life ready for you. And instead, so many of us, we settle for less. You know, we settle for, oh, this is a lovely party with ice cream cake and punch. When he has a feast of so many delights that if we follow him waiting for us. And I want to make sure that I make this clear. There's nothing we can do to ever make God love us more. Nothing you can do can ever make God love you more. 
But just like any human relationship, it needs to be reciprocal. He loves me more than I can ever imagine. My pea little human brain can never comprehend what he thinks about me and what he thinks about you. He deserves it. He deserves for me to show him my love. Heck, Father, I don't know how to do that. Follow me. Follow me. Show me your love. Show me your love to others. I just want to share one story. I had many, and that was part of my cards that got cut up earlier. Um, so I got, limit, I got limited to one. And I want to show you how wisdom can play out in your life and manifest itself. And I promise you, if, if you pray, if you pray for that wisdom, if you read His Word, hold on to Him close, looking up, Daddy, I love you, and I'm going to follow you. You're going to see this play out in your life. And I would love for you, when that happens in your life, to share it with me if you see it. That serves as an encouragement for me. Share it with others. We need encouragement in our life. So let me recount this story as quickly as I can. Julie and I met in 2010. And for some time, I had been on uh, Match.com. Match.com is where I decided that I was going to find my special lady uh, I had no business in bars. I had no places in these debauchery areas that, that Brian Hughes used to frequent. But that was the old guy. And I found myself starting to compromise a little bit. I would see people that showed an interest that had a lot of great qualities, terrific people. But you know what? They didn't fear the Lord. They didn't fear the Lord. I didn't ever tell them, hey, I'm asking this question, do you fear the Lord? But through a dinner or whatever else, I knew. And hey, very nice date. We need to go our separate ways. It's just not a match. And they, they wouldn't understand. Well, I met Julia. Boom, boom. I mean, she's checking every block. I can't. We met at Chili's, and my sense of direction is so bad, it took me like two hours longer to make a 20-minute drive to Chili's. thought she was going to ditch me there. And I was, but I showed up. We are there. Everything was going well. Got put on my heart, Brian. She's the one you've been looking for. She's the one that I sent you. See, you never have to doubt me. You never have to compromise. I've got you. Feel confident in this. And I only knew Julia for two months. Two months. And I was convinced, I was convicted that she was the one for me. Well, as oftentimes happens, you know, Solomon, wisest man to ever live. He made mistakes. He made mistakes. And guess what? I make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Let God dust you off. Pick you up. Go get him, Brian. Go get him, Mac. Go get him, Pastor Thomas. Whoever it is, Julia, Becky, go get him. I got you. It's all right. And my mistake was I let fear creep in. I let my insecurities creep in. I let my worldly understanding of relations creep in. Past scars came in. And I said, I can't marry this woman. Hey, whoa. Julia, you know, I know I, I said we should get I asked you to marry me. We need to pump brakes and we'll revisit this. That was the end of that conversation, and i got to tell you, I didn't feel at peace. I didn't feel at peace, but my, my human understanding was telling me, you're doing the right thing. I mean, who gets married after knowing someone for two months? The world's going to tell you, you're crazy. You know, that's going to be destined for failure. So I was feeling this lack of peace, and I decided, I'm going to call Mama. I'm going to call my Mama. She's been a spiritual champion in my life, and I owe so much to her that she, she helped lead me to to Jesus. 
So I called her because I believed she was going to reassure me on my decision. And she was going to say, well, of course, you've only known her for two months. I think you're using wisdom and not going and marrying Julia. And I called her and I explained to her, and her response was not that. Her response is, are you an idiot? <laughs> what? what? Say what? You a fool, Brian. You got to marry that woman. You, gotta, you call her, you're going to marry that woman. I don't, hang up. I, well, I'm, she said, I'm telling you, God told you, he's telling me. You need to be obedient. She's the one for you. How do I go back now? She's not too happy with me right now. All right, Father, help me out. Long story short, we got married. Got married almost six months later, five, five and a half months later, got married. And been the best decision I ever made in my life. I tell that to everyone. The greatest decision I ever made. Listening to him and following him has been the greatest decision in my life. And that doesn't mean that it hasn't come with challenges. All relationships worth having are going to come with challenges. She's a firstborn. I'm a firstborn. We're going to bump heads, right? I'm a decisive individual. She's a cautious individual. We're going to bump heads. There's plenty of times that I wanted to say, hold it there, my lady. I need to recount this virtuous wife thing to you. You're missing some of the marks. And guess what? Our Heavenly Father said, no, Brian, you're missing the mark. You know what, Brian? She was right when she said you're not the guy to talk about that message. But you were the guy to study that message. You're no longer that same guy that you were four weeks ago or so. You're a new man because my word transformed your mind. And my word will transform your mind. And you have to stop buying into the world's perception of things and allow your perspective and your perception to change. God, I got you, but how do I do that? You follow me, Brian. You follow me. And he did something with me that I have never witnessed. I have never had anybody talk to me about doing. Not to say you won't find it on YouTube. Perhaps you will. Please let me know if you do. But this is what he did to me. He said, Brian, I want you to read Proverbs 31 again. Can you please put that up there? Okay, I'm there, Father. I'm there. I'm at virtuous. I want you to pray for your wife, Brian. It was so powerful. That's where this emotion's coming from. I make no mistake, I am not a crybaby. But when you feel the love of the Holy Spirit come through you, it's going to shake you down to your core. And it feels awesome. And I want it to feel it again and again. And I said, pray for her. I, I do pray for her. I'm trying to be selfless. I'm praying for her. Her. No, I want you to use virtuous wife to pray for her. You use virtuous wife to pray for her. I've read it a hundred times, Father. I read it a hundred times. No, you read it again and you know what you want me to say. And this is what it led to. And excuse me again if I get emotional during this. Who can find a virtuous wife? I have, for her worth is far above rubies. My heart safely trusts her, and I will have no lack of gain. Julia does me good and not evil all the days of her life. Julia seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Julia is like the merchant ships, and she brings her food from afar. Julia also rises while it is yet night, and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservant. 
Julia considers a field and buys it. From her profits, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength, and Julia strengthens her arms. Julia perceives that her merchandise is good, and her lamp does not go out by night. Julia stretches out her hands to the staff, and her hand holds the spindle. Julia extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. Julia is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Julia makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Julia's husband, me, yes, me, I'm known at the gates where I sit among the elders of the land. Julia makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing. Julia shall rejoice in time to come. Julia opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Julia watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of illness. Our children rise up and call Julia blessed. I too and I praise her and I say many daughters have done well. But you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and Julia will let her own works praise her in the gates. Thank you, Father. Yes. When I got done reading that, I prayed that time and time and time again. Godly magic began to happen in my home. She started saying things she never said. My perception of her changed from desiring this virtuous woman to saying, hey, I actually got wisdom and I picked a virtuous woman. I also found that within here, uh, there's really some um, romantic lines. And if you're uh, married, you can go and use this because I'll now say to her, hey, uh, baby, uh, why don't you make like a merchant ship and sail over here? Okay. Hey, guys, don't, don't laugh. Don't knock it. All right, go ahead and try it. All right? No, but, but seriously. What I came to find out, too, what jumped off at me is, you know what? In all these virtues, guys, nowhere in here does it say that this woman is going to have these virtues every single day without fail, except for one, and that's do you good and evil all the days of her life. This is a prophecy of a virtuous wife that all of us can have. And guess what, men? We need to have virtues such as this. We need to fear the Lord to be the example for that wife. And guess what? This prophecy in my home was fulfilled. She has done all those things. I was the one. He needed me to read it because I was missing the final point of the prophecy. And that's when I went into the bedroom and I told her, many daughters have done well, Julia, but you excel them all. Let us pray.